Coming up on today's show, we ask the question, which teams still have the biggest question marks over their heads as we head into the Big Ten schedule? Isaiah holds on to answer all those questions within questions and a whole bunch of other stuff. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten alongside Isaiah Hole, our Thursday co-host and the host of Locked On Wolverines on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, give it a subscription, review, whatever it is on wherever it is you listen to. Isaiah joins us right here on the show Thursdays every week to talk about well, really, we've gotten into a bit of a rut of just talking about the upcoming weekend's games because there's been enough games and good games to talk about it each of the two days going into the weekend. And I don't want to not talk about stuff enough. We'll get into it in a bit with Isaiah, but I do want to have another conversation first. And thanks for coming back on again, as you do every week with us here, Isaiah. What yeah, do you think? Except for last week when I didn't have power. Yeah, right yeah we didn't give the explanation there yeah you just you, I, go ahead what happened because you didn't really tell me either you just no like, idea the power like, went out the, the weather was i mean it was overcast but it wasn't rainy it wasn't windy the power just went out for like four or five hours or something like that so i was just i was just sitting there it was about a half hour or so i think before we were supposed to start uh yeah. start recording and then just lost power and didn't get it back for uh for a while and i mean I, it was like uh the, the power company was trying to force me to take a break in the middle of the season so you know i took it very big 10 football thing to happen to lose power right before going into the podcast recordings about as close as we get to the kind of adversity uh that they'll face out there on the field but anyway let's get into kind of the things that we are getting out of this non-conference schedule and the things that uh, maybe we haven't been able to get yet out of teams i want to talk to you about like really what don't we know about these big 10 teams yet we talk plenty about like all right what can we take away from the non-conference schedule i'm more focused on what are still some of the biggest questions as we get into the start of the big 10 because we all know anyway if, if there are things that have been kind of covered up by weaker schedules or anything else in the non-conference, the Big Ten pulls back that curtain real, real quick. So we're going to find out the answers to these questions. But at least for you, just what are some of the biggest questions with teams in this conference going into the start of conference play? Well, for me, one of the biggest... It's a little bit more of a consistent look uh, every single week in the sense of, save for a few teams, uh, you're going to have a more consistent pattern of uh, tougher competition because they don't really play teams that are particularly good. And I think that that's where like last year, for instance, being in a, just a big 10 only schedule, uh, a lot of teams like Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn state didn't have those warmups that they right. kind of needed. Now Penn state obviously had, had some, had a tough early schedule this year by facing Wisconsin at the beginning of the year and then having Auburn in week three, uh, but still getting some warmups against uh, the likes of Villanova, for instance. So uh, 
we obviously we learn a little bit as far as that's concerned, but I think there's a reason why some of these teams that don't normally struggle the way that they did last year uh, struggled last year and why maybe they look a little bit better this year. Uh, conversely, obviously, when you're doing the non-conference schedule, uh, obviously, if the Big Ten is one of the best conferences, which right now it does look not quite top to bottom, but pretty close, kind of similar to the SEC, uh, maybe not with a team as dominant as, say, Alabama or maybe even Georgia this particular year. Uh, nonetheless, like the fact that you have these crossovers, uh, you you don't necessarily learn because right now you look at the ACC, for instance, it looks down. The Pac-12, maybe safer Oregon, looks down. Uh, so you don't really know what these teams are until they start facing off against each other, right? Uh, I, I look at, uh, for instance, Michigan versus Rutgers this last week. I, I, I thought going into the, the game, and I, I granted, I've been singing Rutgers praises for just about a year now since Greg Schiano took over. Uh, you, you know, a lot of people thought, okay, this is going to be a bloodbath. I, I, the, there are people that didn't pay attention to Rutgers at all in the last uh, however long. Uh, I was not surprised at all that that was a close game, for instance. Uh, I, and I think that what will be interesting that things that we don't know, we'll learn more about Ohio state this week, for instance, because certainly that defense has been troubling in non-conference. How much of that is just early jitters? How much of that is maybe, you know, attributed to Kerry Combs play calling. Obviously they've switched the play calling over to the, the cornerbacks coach. So it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams fare now that they have to go up against tougher competition on a weekly basis. And with that in mind, Who's for real and who's not for real? Michigan at Wisconsin this week. Rutgers kept it close with Michigan. Was 3-0 and going into that game. Can they contend with Ohio State? I don't think it's going to be a big blowout like some people are predicting. So I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about what these teams are or aren't. Uh, certainly, Illinois, Northwestern, I think that those teams are essentially – I'm not saying you can write them off completely. I'm sure they'll each get – you know, a big 10 win or two. Uh, but uh, at the same time, it's going to be tough sledding for those two teams, for, for instance, but for the, for the rest, Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, we're, we're really going to learn what they really are made of here. Really honestly, starting this week. You mentioned teams separating themselves in this start of the big 10 as real or not for real. What's a team that you think may end up exposing itself this week as being not for real as going into the week as a team that we thought could be one of those many, many teams that could contend in this conference as things stand? Weirdly, I think it might be Iowa, right? Because yeah. uh, even though that they have some of the more impressive wins to start the season, I, I had them as number one for one week in my power rankings uh, on Wolverines wire, but it, and you look at them beating Iowa State, they, they, you know, everyone was really high on Iowa State, thought that that uh, was going to be a, a, a potential college football playoff contender. And then, you know, obviously they started off the season also beating Indiana, another team that was kind of a, it was more than a dark horse in the Big Ten. A lot of people were thinking of Indiana as being a potential contender for the East, maybe uh, with the experience that they had being able to take down Ohio State, being really close this past year. Uh, but Iowa this week in particular has been, they're going to Maryland on Friday night and it, 
Maryland is playing some really good football, particularly on the offensive side. It's the top offense aside from Ohio State in the conference. One of the top offenses in the country. Uh, let, you know, Tulia Tagovailoa, Dante Dimas, Raheem Jarrett, Tayon Fleet Davis. Those are all really, really exemplary offensive players. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see how Iowa's defense does against a top flight offense. But conversely, it's funny because this is one of many strength on strength matchups that we see this week where you have a top offense Maryland going against the defense of Iowa. You've got Michigan's uh, run game going against Wisconsin's run defense. You have Ohio State's entire offense versus the Rutgers entire defense. It's it, we're going to learn a lot about just kind of where a lot of these things that we think we know through a third of the season. And we're going to find out whether that's legit or not, because we're seeing a lot of strength on strength matchups, but with Iowa in particular, I wouldn't be surprised at considering it's a road game. Maryland's looked really good in almost every game, Illinois kind of being an outlier. They still got yards. They couldn't get into the end zone though. It'll be interesting to see how the Hawkeyes handle it uh, because if they can't generate offense, which they haven't really done yet. They haven't, they've been really, really good so far, but it's been kind of an unspectacular good, right? They're winning games in the twenties and thirties at, but it, you, you know, you need to put up like high thirties, forties, fifties against some of these teams that they've played. Yeah. If you really think that they're going to be able to contend for not only the big 10, but beyond that for the college football playoff for the new year's six. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you in part by Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the number one product in the antiperspirant category on Amazon.com right now, and for good reason. These products just quite simply keep you dry. Underarms, whether you're an overly sweaty person or just have outfits right now that you can kind of just sweat through, whether it be if you're in the warm weather where things are just going to stay hot and sticky or even when things get into winter months, if you're in a situation where you got to have that coat on for a while, you can sweat through those clothes underneath over the course of an hour or two. So sweat block can help you make sure that you don't have any of those embarrassing stains under your arms. They have the deodorant. That's just great. I've been using that every day. And also if there's something where you just need to make sure that you're good, they have the wipes. You just put them on and wipe them under your arms the day before, and it could help you stay dry for up to a week. But it really is just that safe haven to make sure that you've got everything under control if, for whatever reason, you need to make sure that things are under control and you suspect they might not be. Head on over to sweatblock.com and be sure to use our promo code locked on for 20% off there. You can also find their products again at amazon.com or at your local CVS. Well, I mean, with the start of the conference schedule, there's plenty of candidates out there for, for talking about like who could be that team this week. You've got obviously Iowa out there. You've got a team like Ohio state. We mentioned against the Rutgers team that's playing solid Penn state against Indiana. You could say even, that's now turned into a game where like it would be a pretty big letdown if Penn State were to lose again to the Hoosiers this season. If I had to choose one, though, I'd say Michigan against Wisconsin. After the Badgers have shown that at least unless they can turn things around in seven days, they're not going to be at least elite anytime soon with that offense. That should be an easy win for Michigan. But that's a team that in the Wolverines, we talked a little bit about before we went on here. People are still saying that that team has not played anyone yet. I, I want you to just go off a little bit on what you said before we got started about how you're not really exactly buying that. And 
What do you think about what the Wolverines can prove this weekend on the positive side, as far as showing people that this team can be and is worthy of the number 14 ranking? Well, first of all, I, I don't think it would be an easy win, no matter what. I think Wisconsin's a much better team than its record. And uh, certainly the game against Notre Dame was much closer than the score indicated, uh, letting up 28 unanswered points with uh, special teams and uh, defensive uh, turnovers or, you know, offensive turnovers turning into defensive touchdowns. I mean, that's going to skew things really quickly. Uh, but uh, Michigan also hasn't won in Madison since 2001. I mean, this is 20 year anniversary of the last time the Michigan won. So maybe they're, maybe they're due, but uh, it, it, what I think will be interesting with this particular game is how much more does Michigan rely on its passing game? Michigan certainly seems confident behind the scenes that it can pass the ball. We just haven't seen it. They haven't attempted more than 17 passes in any of the first four games. So, uh, and we've seen, Games where Michigan's thrown, we've seen Michigan where there are games where Michigan hasn't been able to throw. So it's going to be really interesting. And like I was saying too, is we, we talk about the level of competition and I get in this, I wouldn't say argument because I haven't necessarily had these arguments, but I've seen them online quite a bit with when you've you're had them in your head. Yeah. When you, well, when you're talking about like Michigan schedule and Michigan state schedule, because obviously the in-state rivalry is always going to uh, create a lot of, fodder online and what have you and you know Michigan State certainly looks really good and I'm going somewhere with this by the way but Michigan State looks really good and they like to to crow that they they beat Northwestern and they beat Miami but those you know Northwestern is not clearly not a good team from what we've seen so far this year Miami similar right now you know Miami's not doing well I mean they they lost a terrible they looked terrible against Alabama and the only team that they that they've really beat that passes any muster so far is App State, right? So I mean, it, it's that Miami team is not very good. I'm not taking anything away from Michigan State. I, you know, it's just they're the ones that like to say, especially around here, Michigan hasn't played anybody. Michigan's every team Michigan's faced so far uh, has won every game uh, that they've played since they played Michigan. Western Michigan is. Uh, three and one now on the season, having won the three games after playing Michigan, including an upset against Pitt. Washington has beaten Central Arkansas and Cal in overtime. I know Cal, that's not exactly an inspiring win, uh, but at the same time, Cal is a team that tends to take down some teams that it's not supposed to under Justin Wilcox. NIU has, uh, has won. They won, the, they won last week, and they also obviously upset Georgia Tech. The, the thing that I, that always is interesting to me is people saying that anyone at an er, in the early going is, isn't uh, isn't tough competition because every year the teams come out from out of nowhere uh, especially coming out of 2020 we really don't know what college football the landscape really truly is at this stage so the, a lot of these teams that are out there that maybe just look okay or that people suppose from the preseason whether it's through the rankings or just general punditry, you know, they, they might be a lot better than people think. And I think back to 2016, when Michigan played Colorado, people were looking at that as an easy win. Colorado comes out and gets up to a 21, seven lead. Colorado ends up going to the PAC 12 championship game that year. Right. You, you know, Utah is another team. I remember uh, back in 2014, when Utah was coming to Ann Arbor, people said this should be an easy win for Michigan. Michigan got blown off the field, and Utah ended up being a really good team. 
uh, we don't really know what a lot of these teams are. So to sit there and say strength of schedule is uh, is weak or not weak, uh, all we can really go on is what we've seen from these teams thus far. And that kind of brings me to my Rutgers argument, for instance. I, I've been getting in arguments with Michigan fans all week because they've been arguing that Rutgers is a terrible team because they think back to 2016 when Michigan beat them 78 to nothing and say, that's the team that we were in one score game with. And it's like, if you watched Rutgers this year, you'd know this is a solid team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't hurt itself, can generally move the ball down the field and has a really solid defense. One of the top defenses in the. It seems like you just have to actually take, uh, take things as they come and recognize that teams can change year over Yeah, I mean, that's kind of going back to what you said earlier. I think one of the themes of this at least start to the season here in the Big Ten is, or maybe even going into this start of the Big Ten schedule in particular, is that a lot of teams have this chance to prove things that maybe they thought they had already proven. Like Iowa, you said, beat Indiana. Indiana doesn't look that great. Don't need to talk about Ohio State. Lost already, beat Minnesota by only two scores. Minnesota doesn't look that great. Penn State beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't look that great. We mentioned Michigan already has criticisms on its schedule. You brought up the Michigan State side of things. There's plenty of teams that have like question marks behind them where previously they thought they were going to have really, really solid wins already on the resume. Easy way to fix that, start winning in the Big Ten. That schedule starts here this weekend. We'll get into all of those games real quick with Isaiah here as we wrap up the show on a Thursday. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're only a few months, days, weeks, who knows, away from that cold weather coming our way in Big Ten country. So if you need to do anything for your car, a repair upgrade, it's better to do it now before you're out stuck in the cold. Be sure to get that check done. After you do it, maybe, if you go somewhere to get the check, maybe bring it back in, and instead of getting things fixed over at the part shop, you could get the parts yourself at rockauto.com. If you're a bit of a DIYer, or even if you just want to not have to pay extra money for those parts, you can find the best prices and the easiest way to get them over at Rock Auto. They've got anything from repair parts, upgrades, even the simple maintenance kind of stuff. RockAuto.com has it at the best prices without having to use that middleman of, again, a dealership or a part shop, whatever you might normally go to. Head on over to rockauto.com right now and see for yourself. It's a really useful service. And again, if you end up using them, let them know that we sent you. Put Locked On into their little How Did You Hear About Us box. You already know Bet Online is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. Right now, though, they've got a brand new website for you to check out. The user interface is outstanding. They've got even more props and bets to go with it, too. It's not just a new look. There's all sorts of new things for you to make money on, too. Head on over to betonline.ag. Make your account right now. And if you use our promo code Locked On, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus match on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Use our code LOCKEDON and you'll get yourself some free money to play with, even more ways to make money. And again, it just looks a whole lot better over there at the site. If you went there before, you'll be really impressed with how things look now. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. Back in wrapping things up on Locked On Big Ten. 
Real quick, just while we have Isaiah Hole of the Locked On Wolverines podcast with us, wanted to get his thoughts on all of the matchups of what really is, there's non-conference games, which we'll get to in a second, but what I think everyone's considering, the first real, real week of Big Ten football is out of the eight games that Big Ten teams play in, six of them are all Big Ten matchups. So we'll get into those. But first, Isaiah, your takes on the non-conference matchups that we do have. Illinois a double-digit point favorite against Charlotte at home. Same goes for Michigan State at home against Western Kentucky. We did see Western Kentucky give Indiana a little bit of a run, but now they go in and try and obviously play a much better performing team in Indiana. What do you think about those two games? Well, looking at the Western Kentucky-Michigan State game, I I think the big test for Michigan State is going to be what its pass defense is able to do. Uh, We obviously saw at Miami that they they can give up some yards. Western Kentucky loves to throw the ball 400-something yards a game. Uh, So that's going to be the big challenge for them is is stopping and or matching Western Kentucky. Uh, Still, I think Michigan State rolls. Kenneth Walker, I think he's going to go off again this game, especially against Western Kentucky's defense. Uh, looking at the other game, uh, Illinois and Charlotte, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a, a opposite end in the sense of Charlotte's already proven that it can take down a, a power five team. It took down Duke in week one, uh, but uh, they have a really porous run defense. So I'm looking at uh, freshman Joshua McCray to really uh, light things up for Illinois. I'm not 100% on that line, but at the same time, Illinois' defense lately hasn't been the problem. They've, they've really shored up the defense in uh, in recent weeks. The last two weeks have looked really good on that side of the ball. It's just going to be about finding ways to score and get getting Brandon Peters kind of going since he's come back from injury. Mm-hmm. No offense to those teams in those games, but Big Ten schedules, obviously, what everyone cares about. Let's start off with the big game to start the weekend on Friday night unless you have a rooting interest in BYU and Utah State, everyone in the country is going to be watching this game. There is no other football conflict on the schedule. It's Maryland against Iowa, a game that I think could be one of the more interesting of the weekend and a really nice way to kick off this Big Ten full slate. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this matchup because one of the best-looking teams in the Big Ten in Maryland is hosting one of the most established Big Ten consistently great teams in Iowa. How well and how much of a chance do you give these Terrapins? I think they've got a solid chance, right? Especially because this is strength on strength, weakness versus weakness. You know, I, I don't, I'm not as concerned about the fact that uh, – that Maryland's defense has been porous against that Iowa offense. Iowa's offense has shown no proclivity to, to really do much of anything. Uh, I, I just wonder how much uh, some of the personnel losses from last year have really hurt the Hawkeyes. Uh, but uh, with that in mind, uh, it's the high-flying Maryland offense, which we saw them have some trouble against Illinois a couple weeks ago on Friday night on the road. Uh it's going to be interesting to see if they they find their way into the end zone against one of the toughest defenses in the country in Iowa. So I I, I did predict an Iowa win, uh, but I think it's going to be a really close one, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Maryland pulled up the upset, uh, pulled off the upset. Yeah, that, that's really all I'm sure I want to see is a really good game because like I, I don't know like as far as rooting interest going down, obviously for the playoff you want Iowa undefeated, but it would be really cool to watch. Tali Tungvaloa go in and knock off that Iowa team, or I guess stay at home and knock off that Iowa team as it hosts the Hawkeyes. But it more than anything else, 
I just really hope that both those teams are as good as I think they are. So just a really competitive game would be really fun. Moving on to Saturday, the big noon game this weekend is the Wolverines against the Badgers. We talked about it a little bit already last segment, but you're a little more your insight is, again, of course, that's the game that you're most tuned into with Michigan. Yeah, and I'll be there, of course, on the sidelines, but uh, it's uh... – I, I had a hard time trying to figure out who I think is going to win this game because th- there's part of me that thinks that Michigan will win. Uh, certainly that's the uh, the conventional thought at the moment, but uh, there's also a big part of me that thinks that Wisconsin's going to win. I mean, the last two games have been h- handily <laughs> Wisconsin. Uh, that said, I think that if you look at off- Wisconsin's offense, it's been an absolute train wreck, whereas Michigan's defense has stood up pretty tall, but not necessarily against some high-flying offenses thus far. Uh, I think Western Michigan's probably the best offense they've faced so far. So uh, nonetheless, uh, it's it, when I look at this game, I think about the fact that uh, Wisconsin is getting in the backfield a little bit more than it tends to uh, defensively because it's, it tends to be a, a, a team that keeps things in front, isn't necessarily – rushing the passer, but on the other side of the trenches, I feel like Michigan's going to have a big day getting to Graham Mertz, forcing him into uncomfortable positions. And considering how mistake prone he's been with one touchdown to six interceptions, I mean, they've just turned the ball over like that's their job compared to scoring touchdowns. Even though Chesma Lucy is a fine player, uh, assuming Michigan's defense tackles a bit better than it did in the second half against Rutgers, really it's only been one half of aberration in that sense. I think Michigan wins a close one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's something I wanted to get back to, actually, from last week. And I, I said that I think something along the lines of uh, an easy win for Michigan, that was kind of just with the narrative of, like, how both teams have looked this season. Wisconsin's still the favorite in, in that matchup as far as, like, the point spread goes. So it's, it's the first road game for Michigan as well. And Michigan has yeah. not looked good on the road against uh, higher-level teams in recent history in the Harbaugh era the the only team that it's played that's like one of those big teams on the road that has come away with a win against is Penn State in 2015. Mm-hmm. There is one other game that's I guess projected to be close in Purdue Minnesota but I want to first talk about the Penn State Indiana matchup. Nittany Lions of course looking for some revenge at home against a really struggling Hoosiers team. I this is not one where I see Indiana being able to prove itself as the Nittany Lions look really, really good. I don't think there's, I mean, maybe they show up, but just the way that both teams have been playing, I don't think this is one where anyone is surprised at the end of it. No, I don't think so either. I mean, Michael Penix finally kind of looked like himself, but it was against Western Kentucky. Uh, so that's, that's an issue, right? Because he's, he's looked awful so far. Uh, this year, the, all the experience that this team has, it, it, it's been making mistakes hand over fist. It's not what you expect from an experienced veteran team, one of the most experienced teams in the country, let alone the conference. Um, and the defense has been a lot more porous than people would have expected. Uh, Penn State's too complete uh, right now. Uh, I, 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 unless they let their guard down and considering that they have the revenge factor in their minds, it's a home game, it's at night. I, I can't imagine that Indiana is going to come away with this one. Yeah. I, I, again, if we're proven wrong, we'll have plenty to talk about next week, but I, I just don't see with the way that those two teams are projecting right now, even with, again, like you said, there were plenty of bright spots in what was even a close win against Western Kentucky last week for the Hoosiers. It just seems like two teams on two completely different levels right now. And Indiana has a whole lot more to figure out before it's ready to take on that squad. 
going into some of the other games again, Minnesota at Purdue in West Lafayette. I mean, Minnesota's looked really, really poor, obviously losing to Bowling Green to really, really bad look. Purdue has a chance, I've said all week, to kind of put itself in a position to put together a nice little season. And Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, here, here's uh, another win, another chance at a win. Here, take this win against Minnesota at home, Purdue. It's yours. It is there for the taking. Yeah, and I, and I, did, I produce a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. Yeah. Uh, really close game on the road against Notre Dame. Uh, and uh, the dual quarterback seems to be working. Jack Jack Plummer, Aiden O'Connell, they they both are playing really well so far, uh, getting the ball to David Bell. The, the big question for Purdue is how it ha- continues to handle the running back injury. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's it's looked really good, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, we've got some studs on defense, George Karlaftis. The big thing for me here in this game is the, the fact that Minnesota is – it's Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what Minnesota you're going to get. I mean, it looks competitive against Ohio State in week one. Uh, certainly, if it, it caused a lot of its own demise in that game, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, Trayson Potts has looked really good replacing Mo Ibrahim, but Tanner Morgan has not looked like the, the what we used to think of as a potential first or second round pick as quarterback. He has not been able to go in and just take over a game. Uh, and, and that's been really troubling, making mistakes. And it just seems like they should be a lot further along offensively. And one week they'll go and they'll blank uh, Colorado on the road before losing to a honestly not very good Mac team in Bowling Green. So really don't know what you're going to get, but I would imagine that Purdue will take it. But it's consider we never know what Minnesota we're going to get on a weekly basis. I mean, it, it also wouldn't surprise me if they came out and looked really good in this game. To be fair, Minnesota has played well, and P.J. Fleck has done well against Jeff Rom in recent years when those two teams match up. So, again, we'll see what happens. Purdue's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Isaiah, real quick before we let you go, a whole lot of other games in this conference that aren't at least projected to be close. Ohio State on the road against Rutgers. Uh, We already mentioned the Indiana game. Michigan State is the non-conference game, and then Nebraska, 12-point favorite at home against the or Northwestern any thoughts on those last two matchups Ohio State against Rutgers Northwestern against Nebraska before we let you go here on a Thursday well I'll touch briefly on the latter because it's uh that's the one that I think is isn't going to matter that much Nebraska has honestly played it's it played three quarters of good football every game uh but then it, it has like one quarter, and I'm not talking about the actual, you know, first quarter, second quarter. It's just this, the, yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of the game. They make a lot of mistakes. They turn the ball over. They they just have mental lapses. They haven't put it all together. But the, so it might be their saving grace that they are playing uh, a really bad Northwestern team that just looks like a shell of itself. It's really inexperienced. Hasn't found a quarterback between Holinsky and Hunter Johnson. Uh, but the more intriguing matchup, and one of the most intriguing matchups in my mind, is this Ohio. Ohio State Rutgers game because it's a home game for Rutgers Rutgers gave Ohio State a game last year which a lot of people forget Uh, I've seen predictions that look like it's what a normal Ohio State team would be against what we've come to know as a normal Rutgers team in the Big Ten where people are expecting 30 40 point loss for Rutgers I think this is a different scenario Uh, Rutgers I think is feeling really confident after keeping things to just uh, seven points against Michigan. I thought that game was going to overtime for sure. And just because Ohio State looked good last week, I mean, it's Akron. Akron might be the worst team in the MAC 
Uh, they only have one win, and it's not a good one against uh, a really bad FCS team in Bryant. So it, I, I'm I'm not terribly confident that Ohio State solved its issues just because it at, ended up having a dominant game against a team that, honestly, it should have been dominant against. I think old old school Ohio State teams would have beaten that Akron team somewhere in the 70-something point range. Uh, Rutgers has got some playmakers that can certainly give that defense fits, uh, whether it's Isaiah Pacheco, Bo Melton, Aaron Cruikshank, uh, and Bo Melton, not sorry, not Bo Melton, but uh, Noah Vidral, while he hasn't been the most incredible quarterback, uh, I I could see him, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. They just had their first turnover to end the game last week. That's the first turnover for the entire season. Uh, So if Ohio State's defense, if they can't force them to, 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 to make mistakes, if they kind of play a similar game to Michigan's defense in the second half where uh, they're trying to just keep them in front, considering how porous that run defense has been, and we've also seen them give up yards in the passing game, I, I, I'm not 100% sure that this is not going to be a game. I think Rutgers can give them all kinds of fits. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Rutgers shut down a Michigan offense that was just running over everybody. People forget how good Washington's defense is, and Michigan still put up three hundred and something yards on Washington. So, I, I, I'm not. I don't think Ohio State should be overlooking the Rutgers, especially because it's a road game. I think the fans are going to be all out for this one. Well, we'll see how loudly they sound the alarms in Columbus if that game ends up being close, or, or God forbid and Rutgers upset over the Buckeyes this weekend. Isaiah Holes, of course, the host of Locked On Wolverines, giving you everything you need to know about Michigan sports every weekday. Isaiah, remind the people where they can hear the podcast and everything else that you're up to. Uh, find Locked On Wolverines wherever you get your podcast. Uh, go to wolverineswire.usatoday.com. Isaiah is here every Thursday on Locked On Big Ten. Again, follow the show at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N. And also subscribe to our show, just like Locked On Wolverines, wherever you're listening into the podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.